I'm Kevin Jones. And I'm Chris Moore. And we started the homos on Haunted Hill so that we can throw a party. A horror film party. <laughs> It'll be quite amusing. There'll be madmen and chainsaws and ghosts and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. Hey, Chris. Hello, Kevin. What's up? <laughs> Not much. You know, just getting by here in this crazy time. Uh, before we get this get rolling on this episode, I have an important question for you. Mm-hmm. Have you ever curled up in bed with a nice big book? Oh, well, I myself prefer a big fat cucumber. Oh, oh my God. Scandalous. <laughs> We're getting body up in here. Oh, this isn't that kind of podcast. You know, we are Sigma Alpha Pies, and we have high standards to uphold. You sound like a beta tau to me. Oh. Gosh, it's just shocking. Scandalous. Yes. Well, anyway, welcome, everyone. Today, who fucking knows of isolation? (laughs) Also, conversely, it is about day 5,000 without having a proper release of Drop Day Gorgeous on Blu-ray. Yes, we are keeping track, and we're still really pissed off about it, so, yeah. These are indeed very hard times. Um, also, you know what else isn't on, available on Blu-ray? Mm. The Stepford Wives. Can we discuss that? That is Ugh. that has a very strange history because I don't remember that even being on tape until like 97, 98-ish. Oh, that's so crazy. Which is ridiculous. So crazy. It is such an absolute classic and a pop culture staple. I know. Um, I, don't, I, I think it might be something with like rights, I think, because I think mm. Par- Paramount had it but i think it was released by columbia and it's just like it's like oh it's just it's weird and fucked up i I... interesting yeah the current dvd release is just very sad i pulled it out the other day and (sighs) it's like just a cheap menu with like no special features and there's not even a subtitles option and no and like the transfer looks like all like grainy and dark and yeah washed out it's just not it's it's not a very attract looking presentation i gotta be right right all I can say is, fuck the patriarchy. That's right. That's right. And because they're the reason we don't have Drop Day Gorges, Freeway, or Stepford Wives on Blu-ray. Right. What you Ugh. got against the ladies, huh? Hmm? For real. Come on, guys. But on the plus side, it is week two of our Sorority Slashers film series. Oh, no. <laughs> and we're doing this all throughout the month of May, ostensibly. Mm. Uh, and let me tell you. I am pretty pumped about the film we're talking about today. Amazing. It is low-key one of my favorite slasher curios, and almost no one seems to ever talk about it. Yeah, what's up with that? Yeah, outside of, like, a very small and very cool circle of horror fans. You know, that is very true. I can judge a person by if they like this or not. Mm-hmm. Like, the, yeah, it's, it's, a... it's one of those, like, top five where I'm like, if you don't like this, you probably don't have much to offer you know, right. it's just kind of like one of those movies. Go back to the convention, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's a good lit- litmus test of it really is. You know, where you fall on the cool horror fan scale. Uh, so, what is the gem we're talking about today? I mean, what is it, Chris? Killer Party. Oh, yes. Man, I really enjoy this movie. Um, I do too. I have so much fun with it, uh, regardless of the fact that the last act is just insane, and we will get to that. But. I mean, what the hell were they smoking? There's right, just it. Right. It just goes from like slasher to like uh, frat comedy to like p- 
possession movie. Yeah, yeah. It's um it's kind of like the cheesecake factory of horror films because there's something <laughs> for everyone. Like it's you so just true. Go in and you'll be satisfied because it's going to hit one of those marks. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's really something else. Yeah, there really are like five films in here and uh yeah. we'll get to each one, but uh yeah. <laughs> So you get, like, five reviews for the price of one in this episode. Exactly. So there you go. <laughs> it's like a bargain. It is. Bargain. It is. Ah. And fun fact, listeners, you can partially thank Killer Party for this podcast even existing because a few months ago I saw on Facebook that Chris had filled out this horror film survey that was making the rounds at the time, and he had some great film choices on there, and one of them just happened to be a little slasher gem that is near and dear to my gay gay heart. <laughs> That's right. Killer party. You see? So I realized then and there that this is someone that I should be doing a horror (laughs) podcast with. (laughs) Because clearly, clearly he just gets it. Yeah. (laughs) It is a test. Like, I I can probably name, like, the top ten, like, sort of horror fan people that I really like the most. And all of them love this movie. Yeah. Yeah. See, all the best people love this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh. And the rest, as they ostensibly say, is herstory, my friends. Because mm-hmm. here we are on episode two of two. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. <laughs> not, not including our intro episode. And yeah, uh, we are we plowing along. The first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, before we get started, Chris, have you watched or read anything that piqued your interest this week or any horror news that came up? Boy, have I ever. It has yeah. been a banner week for movie watching for me. Uh, which is something I can't really say that much because for some reason, like, I go weeks without really watching that much, which is really, really sad. But sure, um, sure. this week I watched um, The House by the Cemetery. Good choice. And Blood Sucking Freaks. Ooh. And uh, I also watched Satanic Panic and The Omen 3. Mm. And on a less horror note, I watched. A classic called A Woman Scorned, The Betty Broderick Story, starring Miss Meredith Baxter Burney. Oh. And uh, it is it is a beautiful... All the awards for Miss Meredith Baxter. Oh, Meredith. Fantastic. And I love that title. I'm so good. To, oh, it's so good. Check that out. It's so good. What do you think of The Omen 3? Uh, oh! Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, it was, uh, it was something. It was... Uh, okay. I don't... I don't think I liked it as as as, as much as the first two. Itself, like the ending is just so cheesy. It's like all of a sudden, like they stab him, and then like the choir comes on. It's like hallelujah. I'm like, I just don't. <laughs> I don't need that. It's just sort of goofy. Interesting. Um, yeah, I was like, I liked it. I think I just it's not my favorite. Sure, sure. I think it's I've only right. seen the first one, so I'm gonna have to just binge the whole franchise, franchise at some point. Great. The first yeah. one's so good. Iconic, definitely. Um, I even sort of secretly like the remake a little bit. <laughs> oh, man. I, I saw that in, in theaters, but yeah, <laughs> I, too, I, yeah, I have, like, no memory of it, so I need to go back and Because it's basically, it. like, word for word of the original. It's just, original. like, they, 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 they kind of, like, all of the deaths are basically the same, but they just kind of get to them in a slightly different way. But I remember thinking, you know, all, all things considered, it's not terrible like does it need to exist no right but it's it, it didn't offend me it was it was all right 
Right, which is, yeah, about the highest praise we can give for most remakes from that era, <laughs> because much. there were a lot of uh, doozies in the, like, oh my God. between, like, like... 06, right? Oh, my God. Yeah, between, like, 2002, three to, like, yeah. 7. It was just, like, that really awkward time period where it was nothing but remakes in theaters and Saw yeah, sequels and exactly. Hostel sequels, and it's just, like, it eh, like, not my favorite time in horror. The torture porn and the remakes, and that was basically it. Yeah, yeah. What I, oh, and then the uh, like the Japanese horror stuff, which was right. also technically remake. So I don't know really yes. if that counts. True, Just true. Sort of. Uh, oh, that god, yeah. that was a dark time. Man. It was. I'm glad we wow. came out of that. Yeah. And we're still here. And we're still here. But I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I got uh. through torture porn. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Oh boy. Um. And in some horror news, I'm sure you probably saw this, but the Hellraiser is apparently coming to HBO, question mark, oh, as a boy. series? Yes, I, it is. I, 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 <laughs> what, what do we even say about this? I don't... <sighs> I mean, look, the series itself had, like, maybe two good films and then one that was watchable. Right. So I'm trying to see how a series can really hold up. Yeah, I mean, is it yeah, because... like four episodes? I don't know how it's gonna work. Right. Yeah, they said that. Uh, I guess it was gonna be a continuation of the mythology, whatever that means, because yeah, like really. that mythology has gone in so many different directions it's throughout the now. series. Yeah, and, um... I don't know what it's gonna do. Like, I I'm secretly hoping for a return to the basics of the first film, which is you know this sort of couple that's sort of unsatisfied and then there's this little hint of joy when she discovers that she can possibly bring a lover back to life like that interesting yeah i i I rewatched that recently and i had forgotten that that film is basically just this like sadomasochistic version of little shop of horrors like totally is yeah with like a gender flipped lead which is interesting yeah well, now, what really fascinates me the most is that Julia kills all these people so that Frank can come back to life and, I guess, continue to fuck her. But then he has to go into her husband's skin. And I keep thinking, like, is that going to be satisfying for her? Because it seemed like Larry was a pretty bad lay. Ooh, true. And so true. it's like, if he gets into his skin, does that mean, like, like how does that work? You know, yeah, like, it's yeah. just weird. Like, I kind of wish that there had been a moment where Julia's, like, having sex with Frank after he's in Larry's skin. And she's, like, excited and stuff. And then she's like, oh, wow, this really sucks. And <laughs> she's like, god damn it, he tricked me. And then she yeah. kills him instead of the other way around. I would uh, like that. Yes, that yes, would be good. yes, Which, yes. of course, she does hell, hellbound text. I've got some questions, Clive Barker. I've got questions. Indeed. Yes, I... Uh, kind of unpopular opinion, but I think I actually prefer the second film to the first it's one. It's pretty good. It's actually a really good sequel. Yeah, I think it's it's almost like a a dark darker version of, like, The Labyrinth, you know, because mm-hmm. we're going into this, like, hell world. Yeah. Um, and Julia, I mean, she just shines in that uh, oh, God. that one, and it's... It's it's a lot of fun. I think the ending gets a little crazy, but overall, I really like that one. I do and too. 
Three is just a, just fun. I mean, it's dumb it's really fun, fun, right? It's yeah. When they start, like, the, the scene I remember the most is the scene where they're in the, the club and the CDs, imps, like, start to inhale yes. people. And I'm like, is yes. that a thing? I didn't know that was possible. Um, right. Which, of course, they I think they did again in Carrie 2. I was like, wow. So you're oh, going right. to re- yes. re- 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 recycle that bit. That's yeah. an interesting bit to... Uh, want to hold on to there right and three was kind of where they realized that they needed some kind of jason freddy-esque uh, figure yeah. so they let's put pinhead at the front of all of them from here exactly. on out and i'm like i don't it's know like, i get it because you know he's he, he is very striking you know he's right. he's great for the poster and stuff but right i i kind of preferred it when it was more of like a sort of a smaller more intimate human story kind of you know yeah where, yeah because I think Julia was just much more interesting. And actually, one thing they could do, they won't because they just won't. But mm-hmm. I think it would be cool if they turned it into, like, a gay story where it was, like, two gay guys as Larry and Julia. Ooh, yeah. Because I feel like that, that – I don't know. I feel like that's something a gay guy would possibly do. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, sure. Just be like, you're – Boring. So I guess I'm gonna go like try to bring back my one fuck and then like k- kill you. Like I it just right. I don't know. I feel like that's like something that like a really shady gay would do. You know, for sure. And I feel like that's a big part of the reason the Hellraiser franchise has such a large following within the queer community in particular. Yeah, that there exactly. are a lot of like uh, queer themes with that and uh, totally. a lot of carnal yeah uh, passion things like that. Yeah. That. Um, it seemed to ring truer to um, queer people in particular. Exactly. So yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea what they're going to do with this. Um, I, I kind of like, well, what do I like 4? I like, okay, I like ideas that 4 has. 4 has some good bits, yeah. They're, yes. They're, um, I think I rewatched that maybe a year or two ago, and I was like, this isn't as bad as I remember. Right. It's kind um, of interesting. I think that was yeah. more of like a Weinstein recut reshoot right you know so i I can't really judge that and then i think five was was that inferno i think so that was actually surprisingly watched but i can't remember if it was like i I think it was a script that didn't have anything to do with hellraiser and they kind of like shoehorned it in sure molded Um, it in there but the 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 actual script was kind of not shitty i i think (laughs) That's high praise there. You're right. Not so not shitty. shitty. Uh, not so shitty. Yeah. <laughs> but I just remember it being not that bad. Yeah. And then I think I saw the one after that, and then I gave up. But Yes. I think I I've like, only seen up through five. Short. Yes, exactly. Yeah, um, I was like, this and, just goes on and on, and I was like, I just can't. Right. And we've talked about potentially binging the rest of them for... It might be fun just to yeah. see like how bad they actually are. Right? I know that there's that Hellworld one that I'm really yes. kind of into with, like, yeah, early 2000s I mean. internet. Because that always ages so well. Yes! Oh. It's so exciting when it's like, oh, uh. wow, that's so that's how the internet works, eh? Okay. Yes, 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 yes. God. Uh, yeah, we will see. Um, there's there's potential there, but with David Gordon Green in charge, I'm, I don't have high hopes. Uh, you know, he actually see. went to my school. And Interesting. So, like, he came back with... Uh, Danny McBride to show um, Highness once and Eastbound and Down and mm-hmm. he's a cool guy I, I just 
I th- I think with that Halloween, I was expecting it to be more in his wheelhouse of like drama because he's sure. really great at that. And and mm-hmm. I thought, oh, this will be great. It it'll actually be like a drama about Laurie Strode now. And it was the complete opposite of that. And I was like, so you're not going to really give her any time, really? Like it just it I, it dropped the ball there. I was like. This has so much potential to be like a story about a broken woman who's trying to over demons. And instead it was like, let's have a a conversation with two cops about sandwiches for five <laughs> exactly. minutes. I'm like, what the fuck, guys? But then all the critics just hailed it as like the most feminist film ever created. And I'm just it is like such a Me Too movement. Oh, film. It's, get it's out. all about the Me Too movement. And I swear there could be a drinking game every time Jamie, Jamie Lee said the word trauma. It, it's a film about trauma. Yeah. Trauma. Yeah. Trauma, trauma, yeah. trauma. I'm like, oh my God. Jamie right. There Lee, were like there were like at least three different films in that movie, and it was just yeah. yeah. There was a lot, and you know we could spend a whole episode talking about this. But honestly, oh boy, listeners, yeah. just go listen to the Gaylords of Darkness episode on oh, this that, because that is the it, def- definitive word on yes. subject of Halloween 2018. Yes, definitive. featuring one Miss Stacy Ponder and Mister Anthony Hudson. Yes, they do a Geniuses. fantastic episode. Yes, uh, shout out to Gaylords of Darkness. Um, I think that was the episode that made me a like a humongous crazy fanatical fan same same same, same. i was like how are you articulating everything that i felt and didn't know how to articulate right right i was like why am i so mad about this fucking movie <laughs> yeah. just came out oh that's why that's why yes <laughs> i was so mad about it oh uh, uh, yeah i haven't movie. I haven't watched it since theater, so this this October I'm gonna dig it back up and see. You. I I'm, I'm I, I prefer H2O personally. Like I if do you're gonna too. Uh, I know give me a choice, it's, it's got flaws, but mm-hmm. altogether I think it's a much movie for I sure. Mean, she actually has a character arc. God forbid, you right. know it's it's exciting when when she's finally like I'm not gonna run. I'm gonna fight this motherfucker. That's exciting. It is. Whereas in this one, she's at that point, like, when we first meet her. So there's really nowhere to go. Yeah, and she gets a romantic interest in H2O, and that's fun. Yeah, and it's really sad, because he gets killed, and you're like, oh, man, Mm -hmm. like, it's... Damn it, I, I love that movie. <laughs> right. And then you just have to ignore Resurrection because... Oh, Christ. What, oh what the God. fuck? But... Oh, boy. <sighs> that is... That is... That's a special film. That's a but it does have movie. some early 2000s internet vibes. <laughs> oh, boy, that's the only it. thing I like about it. <laughs> this is danger tainment. <laughs> is it really? Is it, is it? Is it? Is it? I don't oh. know about that. <laughs> so, How yes. How did that not go straight? to dvd that's what i want to know because it right? feels like one that should have yeah and somehow it got a, th- a theatrical release in the summer <laughs> like it was yeah yeah <laughs> and it wasn't like immediately after h2o like yeah, there was like, like a four like, years right? four year period or something yeah, yeah. it's surprising like that happen? <laughs> yeah god so so many oh, questions it was I, so bad <laughs> yeah although i've not watched it since like 2003 three maybe so mm, i don't know okay. how it holds up yeah i rewatched it's it a couple well. years ago but I, I i i watched it and i still don't have any you know feelings about it so yeah, other, other than like uh just being like why why does this exist i it's i don't probably worse now i would assume yes I, yes I, yes I yes just can't Im- imagine it 
holding up well. It's yeah, yeah. Although um, I did, go, I think I saw it three times in the theater when it came out. <laughs> different times, folks. Different times. It, it it was a very dark time for the genre, so I, I yes. was like, I guess I'll just go see this three times because there's nothing else playing. Right, right. I don't. I already seen like what lies beneath like five five times. So like, what oh. else am I gonna see? <laughs> also, not on Blu-ray. Uh, What's up with that? What, what the fuck, guys? Oh, such Michelle a movie. Pfeiffer, perfect. Oh. God, that movie. That now that is a film that how that is considered like classic now is beyond me. I know people write it off. They just yeah. I don't know why, but I, I really enjoy it. There's a lot of good like Hitchcock vibes in that, and it, uh, it's so it's solid. It, and it's like scary too. It's it fucking is. terrifying. I jumped it out is. out of my seat like 50 times when I first went to see that. Yeah. Way back hmm. in the day. I don't know. Was, hmm. was, was that like 2000, 2001? Uh, yeah, Something I think 2000. Like yeah, yeah. All I remember is Bring It On was out at the same time. Right, right. Because at one point it got too scary, so my friend and I snuck into that instead. I don't know what going on. Yeah, that was part of the uh, what I consider the Blonde Women Talking to Ghost film series that came out during oh, that like three or four year time. period. Yeah, we such had like that and... That one and the gift the, and the, the, the skeleton, ring. yeah, the, the the ring, the skeleton, skeleton key, key, the grudge, the remake. Yes. They um, were all blonde. What the blonde fuck? women talking to ghosts, man. That was a wow. that was a time to be alive. Those blondes have special power. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. They they just get to have all the fun. They do. Blondes really do have all the fun. Yes. Talking to ghosts and mm-hmm. shit. Yes. But you know, other than. That Hellraiser news, which I guess we can call it news. It's something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I watched, let's see, I watched the series finale of the Will and Grace revival series. I which, watched um, too. yeah. I, yeah. I you know, uh, we don't have to get too much into it, but man, uh, that revival series was very strange. There were a handful of decent episodes, but it's like the writers never really figured out what they wanted the show to be, and like they constantly retcon plot points from the original series. And yeah. worst of all, like, there, it just wasn't very funny most of the time. It was a mixed bag. Yeah. I, I, I loved seeing them t- together, and they oh, have great chemistry still. Yeah. Um, But I, I did think the writing was a bit less than full. It, it, it was not quite to the level of the first one. For sure. So, yeah, the original yeah. series was pretty formative to me growing up, yeah, anyway. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean that I, was and, all we really had exactly like it's like outside of that or like queer as folk which i i personally wasn't really allowed to watch but i still watched I it anyway <laughs> i i didn't get to watch that because we uh will showtime or a gotcha. because i think my my dad was under the impression that it like porn right which maybe he had a point i don't know so i would mm-hmm. have to c- catch up on that we were out of town and in a hotel Mm-hmm. And so I saw like little tiny clips, and I and I was like, "Is this what I have to look forward to? I don't know if I'm really into this. I don't know." It was, right, right. I was like, "This seems kind of depressing. I don't know." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And outside of that show, there, I mean, you'd see an occasional queer character on like Roseanne or like yeah. Dawson's Creek or Buffy or Degrassi oh, or like. But other than that, yeah, it was pretty much just Will and Grace. So yeah, that was all. And, we had. Yeah, I think. Okay, the biggest complaint i had for the survival series is that they essentially erased karen's bisexuality by having her come out as straight in one episode and i'm like oh yeah what that the was hell weird. that was like she was weird very clearly bisexual in the original series even if they didn't come oh, out yeah. and say it like ugh, Absolutely. i don't know i think she's uh, more of a trisexual i feel like she was 
True. She could, oh, probably fucked just about anything. <laughs> this is true. It just kind of seems like her. <laughs> Do you remember the episode with um, uh, the one character who was like, oh, I'm pansexual. And she's like, oh, he's been humping my pans. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, that was kind of funny. That was really yeah. Funny. Different, different, different times. Um, yeah, there, there are so many more options now. But yeah, as a little gay boy growing up in a conservative community, all there was was Will and Grace. So yeah. it's like you said, it was nice to see them back on screen again and exactly. in these roles. Um, so I guess that was nice. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then outside of that, I rewatched uh, Tales from the Hood from 1995. Ooh, which, oh, that's one of my favorites. It's really solid. I had forgot how solid that movie is. And there's a lot yeah. of good social commentary about race that is still very relevant. Yeah. Uh, t- what, like 25 years later? Uh, it's crazy. Pretty strong individual story segments. A super yeah. fun wraparound story set at a funeral home. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> and I was just, I was really impressed. Um, because it's listeners. really great. Yeah. Listeners, you may think, for some reason, that Get Out was the first horror film to purposefully include social commentary, but shocker, it was not. (laughs) No, this movie, I was surprised that pretty much every story is actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, from anthologies, is not the case. Right, we talked about that a little bit in our intro episode. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it's really hard to find one that has so many stories, and Tales from, from the Hood hits the marks i i don't know how for sure it's uh, really terrific <laughs> it is very solid i would rank it up there with creep show in terms of just mm-hmm. being very consistent um yeah. and there's actually a sequel i guess released a few years ago which oh, i still need no. to see no 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 okay no, okay no. i oh, will not it, <laughs> it broke my heart i was so excited and i think i made it halfway through and i was like this is not gonna get any better mm. it hurt my heart i was like how is this possible like the first was so good you can't win them all, and the original that, is you know. pretty great. So if you haven't It'll watched the original in a while, go check it out, listeners. It's it's definitely worth revisiting. Totally worth it. All right. Here we are at, like, 28 minutes. So, Chris, can well. you please give us a plot synopsis of Killer Party? <laughs> Killer Party uh, starts out at a funeral for some lady named Annabelle, not the mm-hmm. doll, um, that we know of. And uh, everyone leaves except for her daughter-in-law. And she comes up to the casket and is all like, I'm glad you're dead and I hope you burn in hell. Uh. And Annabelle pops out and drags her into the coffin. And then the coffin, for some reason, heads into a crematorium, uh, which I guess is built into the church. I don't know. It's very strange. Uh, Except not because, psych, this is a movie that people have been watching at a drive-in theater. (gasps) So meta. Oh, my gosh. It's a movie within a movie. It's crazy. And then some zombie Show up and attack some girl with crimped hair, and then a hair metal band shows up and it turns mm-hmm. into a musical. And yeah, e- everyone starts dancing because psych again. It's a music video being watched <gasps> by Phoebe, who's going to college but still living with her mom, mm-hmm. and she's pledging a sor- sorority called Sigma Alpha Pi with her friends Jennifer and Vivia. And Jennifer's feeling kind of weird about going through the initiation because the initiation is taking place in an old boarded up frat house where some creepy shit went down many years ago and Mm. someone named Alan died. Mm. But she still goes through with all the usual sorority pranks and hijinks and stuff. 
um, until it's the big night of the April Fool party and a slasher starts killing everyone off at the party. But then it turns out that, surprise, Jennifer's actually been the killer the entire time because she was possessed by the spirit of the dead frat boy. (laughs) And it's up to Vivia and Phoebe to save the day. But will they? Can they Mm. save her soul? I don't know. Hmm. Find out next time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And we're done. Bye. And we're done. And honestly, that is pretty much where the film just should have ended. But it had to go on for another, like, ten minutes. Yeah. We'll get to it. But uh, a lot happens in this movie. Ten minutes. Glorious. Uh, Chris and I were talking a little bit before... Uh, we started this episode, and we just realized that there, this, there's like five films in this, and it is literally, yeah, it is really crazy. Uh, so we're going to try to hit on each one of those films in our little talk here. Yeah, <laughs> let's jump into our S C A R E scare discussion. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie, my notes are all over the place with this one, but that's okay because Me this too. film is all over the place. <laughs> it is every which direction you can imagine. So a couple things for S for story and setting. First of all. That entire prologue, which you summed up beautifully at the funeral, is just camp gold. It's it is hilarious. like, yeah, it is like a mini Tales from the Crypt episode. And I especially yeah. love this priest who is just spouting out Wizard of Oz quotes. Um, <laughs> he is definitely, <laughs> he is definitely a friend of Dorothy. And yet, and yet, this guy is still not as gay as that flouncing cabaret queen, Father Dyer from The Exorcist. Oh, God. Yes, right? Uh, oh that's so true yeah but yeah i so i love uh, that priest and also i couldn't figure out who that daughter actress is who's yelling at the familiar she looks so familiar but i love that when she's just standing over the cat over the um uh 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 uh, uh, casket thank you i don't know what that word just like disappeared (laughs) and she's like what's that word again what's that word oh oh casket um (laughs) and she's just like i hope you rot in hell you old witch do you hear me and just (laughs) So just living it up. I love it. Uh, and then, as you said, we jump to that choreographed Demon Apocalypse opening musical number at the drive-in, which oh I God. love. It is it's absurd. So I think it's the highlight of the entire film. I'm just going to say I it. think so. Yeah, it's shout like out to that band. Yeah, it's uh, the White Sister. White Sister, right. A- yes. April, why do you play the fool? April, ugh. It is fantastic. So good. It's a- the- actually a great song. Like, it is. <laughs> it was from that period. Like there were some great power ballads from yeah. 80s horror films in like that mid uh mid to late 80s exactly. part. Like like I'm thinking like Alice Cooper's The Man Behind the Mask from Jason yes. Lives and like Dokken's Dream Warriors of course from Nightmare on Elm Street 3. And probably my all-time favorite, and the one that nobody ever talks about, is the titular theme song from the Jim Carrey Vampire Traster piece, Once Bitten. <laughs> and Ooh, I haven't it, I haven't seen that in years. It uh, it's the movie is not great, but the theme song is fantastic. So shout out to Linda Chase of the band Three Speed, and this is one of the rare examples where it actually had a female singer. So fantastic, hey. and she's so great. So listeners, if you haven't heard it, go on YouTube. It will be stuck in your head all day. Fantastic song. Uh, yes. otherwise be. Oh, yeah, I love that this movie has not one, but two fake-out movie-within-a-movie opening scenes. Yeah, that reminds eat me... your heart out, Scream 4. Ex- that's what I wrote down, yes! It's yes, totally you. Scream 4 before Scream 4. Exactly! That that Scream 4 intro with all the stab movie intros. Yeah. Um, and that's actually probably one of my favorite parts of the film. So I, I appreciate too. that Killer yeah. Party um, did it first, and arguably better. Who knows? Because yeah, there was no musical number true. in 
Scream 4, so. <laughs> what if there had been? What oh my if? God. What if? It, it was like Stab 9 is actually a musical, and it just, it's just oh. like, <laughs> it's this random shit. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the mind reels with the possibilities. Oh, there's so many options. Mm, mm. Oh, if only. Yes, uh, but otherwise, you know, the university campus here is gorgeous. Um, oh, it's beautiful. It's got, I, like, that, like, weird, like, it looks like it was probably shot in the fall because there's just leaves everywhere. Right, which makes no sense because it the film takes place April. in, like, late March, early yeah. April because they're at an April 1st party. But whatever. It's weird. Yeah, I love the old brownstone apartment buildings and uh, oh, everything gorgeous. looks great, like you said, with the autumnal leaves and the foliage and the overcast yeah. weather. And it's it's a really good, like, fall Halloween season movie, even though it I, takes I place in April. Going to going to say, too, it feels much more like something you would watch around that time than April. Like, it just doesn't... For sure. It's weird. Yeah, and I, I like that the story kind of leans heavier into the university and Greek-like system, Greek yeah. life system, which is kind of a contrast to the initiation that we talked about last week, where the sorority prank is almost more of just a plot device to get all these characters into this big shopping center, where it exactly. then becomes a shopping center slasher, which is fine. Yeah. I love that. But oh, yeah. this film, I think, is a little more focused on sorority and Greek life, which is it interesting. Is. Yeah. Um, at least up until th- whatever. We'll get to the end. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And then just, you know, overall, I enjoy the story up until like the last 20 minutes and we'll dig into that more. But it's like the writers just kind of gave up and we're like, eh, let's just finish this out. Yeah, I think my my main question about the film as a whole is when exactly did Jennifer get possessed? Exactly. Because there's a death of the, the house mom. She's like the first one to go. And that seems to take place before Jennifer's possessed. True. And I'm like, what? Then so who killed her? Like, was that maybe a reshoot late, later on and they forgot that Jennifer wasn't possessed yet? Like, it's just I have, I've got questions. Yeah, that's a good point. Weird. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. the That's a, that's a sad death, too, with the house mother. I liked her a lot. I did, too. Um, she's really sweet. Right. And, and she's she she's got one of the weirdest lines too that's she's so sweet, so sincere, so sorority. Like, <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Like, right. She seems very stern but loving, a real yeah. stiff upper lip and um I suspect that's Mrs. Doubtfire was based on her character and Yeah, she's she's she kind of uh reminded me of a bit of the actress uh, Al Go you know? Yeah, I could I see like that. Her a lot. Yeah, so shout, shout out to all the sorority house moms out there. They're the true yeah. American heroes. They make thank life you for, worth living. Yeah, thank you for keeping our girls safe from STDs, alcohol poisoning, and demonic possession. Yes. <laughs> Bless. <Yes. laughs> They're the true heroes. Ugh, <laughs> oh, America. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you have anything, anything else about the story and setting here? Well, I mean... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Where do you begin, really? The story. Uh, yeah, I think I pretty much covered what I good of the story yeah, i mean it's, yeah. it's it's a pretty straightforward story for the most part un- until it it's not uh yeah it's it i feel like it's it's much more concerned with the sort of like frat house comedy aspects for most of the of the film and then occasionally it goes into the horror it's it's it, to me the movie is like just late at night between like revenge of the nerds Evil Dead and like the Prowler. I, it, it's, oh. it's it's very weird. So true. So true. It's very strange. Yes, there's so many tonal shifts going on here, and sometimes yeah. they work, and sometimes they're kind of. Eh, but it's surprising how many of them actually do work, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a it's it, it's a bit of a miracle. I, 
actually. Right? Because I am with this film for about three-fourths of it. Like, yeah. And then I kind of fall off. But like by that point, I just kind of block at the ending and i'm like okay well yeah. i love this movie because i love like three-fourths of this movie yeah so yeah it uh we'll talk more about that when we get to the evaluation but let's get into the characters okay. and cast here um what'd you oh, think of jennifer great. jennifer is i mean she's kind of like the stick in the mud i guess because she, she's mm-hmm. kind of you know more virginal type you know i mean she might not actually be one but just right. kind of more uh conservative and sort of not really wanting to be a part of the sorority and stuff. But she's she's cool, you know. Uh, I, I don't know if I have much to say about her, except I, that once she does get possessed, she's really kind of scary. Yes, 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 yes. She's legit creepy. She sells that performance, Joanna Johnson. Yeah. And this was, I guess, her introductory role. I remember seeing a yeah, slide at the beginning. Introducing. Introducing Joanna Johnson. And I don't know about you, but the first time I watched this movie, I thought she was going to be the final girl. I thought so, too. Yeah. And so that, I think, is something that makes this film kind of interesting, that it does have sort of a non-unconventional final girl, and we'll get to Vivia, yeah. because she's amazing. But Jennifer is just kind of bland, but still yeah. kind of fits that final girl trope of being, like, the kind of nice girl and quiet. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I do like that when, um I, I think the character's name Martin, I think. Yes. When he's, like, trying to sort of um, woo her, I guess. Um, she's just very firmly stands her ground and, and is like, look, like we could continue playing these games forever, but let's just say like right now, I'm not really into you. Like, let's just get over this and go move on to someone else. I like that. She's very forward and just says exactly what she has on her mind. I like that. Yeah, I do too. I do too. That gives her at least a little bit of an edge or something interesting. Otherwise, she's just kind of dull. Like until the end, when she just goes all out crazy, like you said. Yeah. And I love that um, when the girls stop in front of the house near the beginning of the film, she just has this like sixth sense of like, oh, I have a bad feeling about this, and it's like she has ESPN or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, And uh, she's and and she had that great ugly sweater, and I'm always here for an ugly sweater queen. So that's great. I I, I do support that choice. Yeah, Yeah, with the little fruit and vegetables, and that was that was cute. And I guess that's an okay defining character trait to have. Um, You have a nice sweater. That's (laughs) yeah. I mean, she makes do with what she's got. She does. I'm all about it. Yes, yes, yes. But uh, let's get to the real MVP, and that is Vivia. Vivia, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Sherry Willis Birch, who was also in Final Exam. I saw that, um, yeah. And she's delightful in that, too. I need uh, to watch that because I know you recommended that last time. I'm going to go watch that. I'm curious to see what you have to say because a lot of okay. people just dis- absolutely despise it. But yeah, um, she is as cute as a buttermilk biscuit, and I love her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's just so it's like she could be kind of that like quintessential nerd type but she's got so much more like she's when she finally hooks up with um martin she kind of becomes like kind of like a like a horn dog yeah <laughs> i like that in in the car and um uh, and she's oh god what what is that line that she that she that she says um oh uh do you know what the largest room in the world is? The room, <laughs> room for, for improvement. improvement. Yes. So great. I'm like, that's a great line. It is. It is. She's terrific. And she's like a a special effects whiz. Like, right. What the hell? Right, right, right. She's like, so how long do you think it took her to, like, steal this functional guillotine and then create a very lifelike replica of her head 
it, it, it's come just on. It's, it's like, genius. Come on, she's amazing. And then when when that bitch, that bitch Veronica, oh, mm-hmm. when she's like, <laughs> you know, the only reason you're here is because of your effects and stuff. Like, oh my, I want to slap her so bad. <laughs> she I actually, the, no, she's she's the worst. I hate oh her. really? I love Veronica. Okay, she's well, such a bitch. Well, oh gets, God. Yes, yes, yes. Um, she's mean to Vivia. I can't that, stand Okay, her. there's that. There's that. Yes, yes, yes. That so is mean. unacceptable. But, I did write a note um, somewhere that was just uh, her hair keeps getting bigger and bigger. I don't Veronica's know or Vivia's? Uh, Veronica's. Veronica's. Yes, yes. It just I slowly that too. gets larger and larger. She is pumping out the Aquanet like on the on the hour by the hour for sure. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's crazy town. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, Vivia is such a from queen extraordinaire. And yeah. um, did you notice <laughs> early on in the film? Her earrings are just two giant paper clips. <laughs> no, what? <laughs> oh my God, like it is so what? funny, and like it's one of those things. That I watched. I watched this movie like twice back to back, and I was like, "Oh my God, how did I not notice that?" They're just these two what? giant paper clips. Oh my God! <laughs> oh. I never noticed that. Oh, she's she's so great. She's just a very unconventional final girl, and I, I, I love it. I love that. That's I think the thing that one of the things that draws me about this movie uh, to me this movie too. because it's so great and um. I look forward to her crossover Netflix series with Heidi from The Initiation. Oh, can you imagine? Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. just, like, solve crimes together? Yeah, yeah. <gasps> oh, The shit. Adventures of Heidi and Vivia. Tagline, you'll totally make passes at these girls with glasses. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> it's a working title, of course, but... <laughs> <laughs> Except now they're like sixty something, so they're just yeah. Like, so they probably have like kids and stuff. So they have like they have empty nest <sighs> syndrome. So they get to- together to solve a crime in their small town community, oh. and sparks ensue. I mean, come it is on. murder she wrote mixed with like Grace oh, and Frankie, and I'm obsessed. Perfect. Oh, make this happen. God, why don't we? own netflix I, I i i don't know um it, someday someday on. someday God, uh yeah and, and veronica like you said she is <laughs> this kind of gruff butch bitch and she's i so mean. <laughs> i she's so mean um she kind of reminds me of a young kathleen turner or like yes even like kathy moriarty who is also kind of just I kathleen turner that. but um they got that voice they got that voice yeah, uh, i love it and i think I personally think she deserved a better death than just kind of a swat in the head with a hammer. Well, if we're being honest, didn't everyone in this deserve a right. better death? That's the thing. At least she had an on-screen death, unlike exactly. some of these other characters. Phoebe, who... Phoebe is adorable. She is. She is constantly smiling, just glowing throughout this movie. She is pure sunshine up adorable. until the end. She's so yeah. cute. I love right. her. And, and, w- and then once she gets possessed she's really scary too yeah 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 yeah. like that's the weird part about this is that it it's mostly a pretty light movie but when it gets dark it gets like super dark it does it's so very weird. quickly very quickly mm-hmm. um and then blake i didn't write anything down for other than just swarthy and charming i mean i, I have nothing to say about this character i like his yeah, his costume that's about it <laughs> very attractive yes uh, but there's not much else going on. He's just kind of, that's kind of his thing is he's just cute. Like, I don't know what else to yeah, say. Yeah, there's, there's nothing else. So moving on from Blake, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we go to Martin, who, man, I have so many questions about this character. Um, I do too, yeah. 
I love when they're in the classroom and it's like, I have a question about the subtext and sexuality of Madame Bovary. And the teacher's just like, <laughs> go away, Martin. <laughs> go away, Martin. Paul Bartell. I, I'm so glad in this. I don't know mm-hmm. why he's in this, but right. I'm glad that he is. Yes. He, uh, Interesting choice there. And I admire Martin's determination and his can-do attitude. He's a realist who doesn't give up. Uh, When one girl rejects him, like Jennifer did, like you said, he just moves right on to the next. And uh, Good for um, him, you know? Good for him. You know, he just gets right back on that horse, so... And and he's uh, he's played by Ralph Seymour, who was also in Just Before Dawn. Mm. And I think he was in something else, like another horror film, but I can't remember which one. I find him kind of adorable. I don't he's know. He's really cute. He's super yeah. cute. Yeah. yeah. I think he's very much my wheelhouse there. So. Yes. Good job, Ralph. Adorable. Good job, Ralph. <laughs> we love you, Ralph. <laughs> uh, who else? Who else? Veronica. We talked about. Okay, we talked Veronica. about Veronica. Um, uh, yeah, just. Oh, there's uh, the girl from Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, um, Terry Hawks. She plays Melanie. She do- doesn't have a very big part. But she does make the most of it. She's I like her a lot. Um, I can't remember. Okay, who kind of is she in the she's film? In, she's the one that um, accepts the order of champagne, like right before their jacuzzi prank. Right. Okay. And um, and she kind of has like the high pitched voice, but it's it's sort of like a weird like high pitched, but also kind of low pitched. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But she was the girl in Hello Mary Lou, who's like um. It's like, and it's the same dress that Liz Taylor wore to the Oscars. Right, she's, right, she's right, a right. Hoot. I love oh, her. That is a I perfect slasher film. Oh, so come on. great! It is a masterpiece. Surely anyone listening to this podcast has already seen it, but if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Also, not on Blu-ray, so oh, this man, is, the list just grows. It's, it does. Oh, it God. does. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so mad yeah. Yeah, but just, like, overall, the characters, I think, really make this film. I think they're the reason I keep coming back to it. Um, I generally like them all, yeah. and they seem generally like real people when they're given some dialogue and scenes yeah. to work. Um, I like the trio, especially. They're very charming. I love mm-hmm. they kind of take some playful jabs at each other, but they also support each other when needed. They're so very I think... supportive and sweet, and they're, like, the best friends you always wanted, you know? For they're sure. Just... They're sure. so sweet. Okay, moving on to artistry. I didn't write mm-hmm. down too much here. I just said uh, I think the cinematography in general is quite solid for a it is. fairly low-budget slasher film. Uh, it looks pretty good. The soundtrack is full of new wave 80s bops. Um, oh. My favorite of which is, these are the best times of our lives. Our lives. These are the best times. They sound so bored. It is the best song. They sound like they're on quaaludes, just going yes. through the motions. Yep. It's like they didn't want to be in the recording studio. And I think I heard a rumor. It's apparently the ac- actresses. Interesting. But I don't know if that's true or not. Huh. But I like to hope it is. Yeah. Because it would make sense why they're sort of tone deaf, but like, it's yeah. just like, it's sort of like the worst song and the best song at the same right. time. Yeah. It almost gives it like a little more of like a diegetic type feel with it. Yeah. Like being, if, if it is actually them, it's like, oh, they're hearing this in their head like the whole time. Yeah. They're just driving around and <laughs> I'm really on, into that idea. Interesting. Because sometimes when I'm in my car, in my head, this is the song that's playing. So yes. I can see that being like a true thing. That's, hmm. that's... <laughs> These are the best times of our lives. Hmm. These are the best times. It's just so weird. Also, is it these are the best time of our lives 
or I think it's just life, right? I th- I think it's lives, right? Okay, like okay, okay. I'll have to go back and listen to it. Times of our lives. Okay, because that makes more sense. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Hmm. These are the best times of our life, <laughs> right? Like our collective life. I don't, I don't know. Interesting. Hmm. And then you have that like great disco power pop number playing at the party, which is great because I'm like, oh, is this yeah. like Footloose now? Because I'm mm-hmm. really into it. Um, and I think the score in general is decent throughout. Uh, it's yeah. spooky, some creepy mm-hmm. like synth score in there. Not super memorable, but no. I think the soundtrack is so good that I kind of forgive any sort of mediocre score. So same here. Same yeah. Here. Um, otherwise, some there's like there's some decent tension before a few of these kills. Overall, not really, but like with yeah. uh, the what's her name, the the house mother. I'm already blanking. Mrs. Henshaw? Mrs. Henshaw, thank you. I think there's some decent buildup there. The actual kill is very yeah. kind of lame, but, like, the buildup to it is decent. Um, yeah, that kill doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's like, no. is that a paddle from the frat, or is that, like, a paddle that you would use in, like, a canoe? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, more like yeah, one yeah, from yeah. a canoe. I'm like, is that going to kill her? I don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> it's a weird, weird scene. I don't it is. It. It's strange. Um, the costumes to the party, I think, are... So colorful, so creative. Whoever oh, yeah. was on wardrobe for this film just did a fantastic job. A plus um, for them, yeah. I love Vivia's like Harley Quinn esque look mixed with like yeah. Kid, Kid Michael Myers. I'm really into yeah. that. Yeah. That's great. And uh, meanwhile, Jennifer is just kind of like, look at my ears. I'm a rabbit. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she didn't really put too much time into her no. costume. No. And Phoebe's. Phoebe looks like she's, like, from this community theater production of a chorus line. And I'm like, who are you supposed <laughs> yeah. to be? I don't... like, <sighs> God, I'm a dancer. A dancer I'm a dancer. <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. I, I have questions about her costume. But I have so many questions about Martin's, like, drag look. Because I'm like, are you supposed <laughs> to be someone? Or are you just... <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah, he just looks like just someone's very frumpy aunt. I yeah. If it's supposed to be calling back to like a, to like a TV character or something, I don't know. Right, it's like very mm. like it's 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 like a really bad like vaudeville sketch or something. I don't know. It it's, is it's hmm. weird, and that just adds up to the mystery that is Martin. <laughs> yeah. hmm. How well, do yeah, you solve? I can't remember if he dies or not. I okay. I had to like did, read through the wiki synopsis for some of this, and it said that like the head that they found in the the refrigerator was actually his yeah. head. So what? I guess, but I, I guess his death was another one that was off screen. And I'm like, oh, he deserved some kind oh of death, God. right? That is not fair. Yeah. God. Justice for Martin. Justice for Martin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that, that scuba suit is wicked cool, though. I wish there was it, more of that in the film. It's an interesting costume. And like the weird, like King Triton pitchfork thingy. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's different. It's kind of neat. Yeah. And that's, I've, I've seen that like on some of the artwork for the film and mm-hmm. I wish there was more of it because I think it's a really interesting yeah. look. I want to know where it came from. Like did somebody just break into like the history department and steal like this? I don't It's a, it's a very specific costume. Like you can't just find that at like Party City, I would assume. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they would even get that. Mhm. You'd have to at least go to Spirit yeah. Halloween, right? I mean Yeah. <laughs> Cuz they have everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Um yeah, anything about the artistry? Yeah, I mean, artistry, it's, it's pretty well shot, yeah. um, and it, it's kind of hard to comment on the special ef- effects because every death scene has been cut to hell and back. Yeah, um, yeah. In, in fact, I think I first saw this on TBS, I think, when I was a kid, and I was like, wow, they really cut everything out and un- uncut, 
and I was like, oh, they actually only cut out like two seconds. That's oh my god. Yeah, yeah. It's, everything has been cut to hell and back, and I just don't. I'm trying to figure out why because when you actually see the corpses after the fact, it doesn't look like the the kills would have been that gory. Right. So I'm kind of like, what exactly? Like, like, why was this cut? I don't get it. Yeah, that B kill with the two frat guys. I I don't understand the mechanics yeah. of that. It's like one I, of them was like uh, probed with yeah. Is it the like thing. sodomized with a like? What was that? Yeah. Thing? Was, that was that like a little har, harpoon harpoon gun or dart? Yeah, something like that. But then the other one, <laughs> like it was like going through his face and i'm like wow like i just don't understand how this happened i mean the the logistics here it's it's a head scratcher yeah what happened yeah oh it's really really sad and i i do wonder if maybe the uncut kills are out there somewhere in 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 like a vault yeah this definitely seems like one of those films where yeah i would be interested to read like the original script and just talk to the director like i haven't really researched uh the sort of history of this film much because i don't think there's much out there it just seems like people don't really seem to talk about it much so there's not much i mean i i know the script was by barney cohen who also did 13th part four Mm -hmm. um which all also has really characters it does so it kind of makes sense but i i just wonder like did he start to get a bunch of notes from the studio like you know slashers are kind of out now maybe try to do something more supernatural like nightmare on elm street you know or right and then it just became like a case of too many cooks in the kitchen or what like i i, mm-hmm. I don't know or maybe there were um reshoots because i think i've heard that this was actually shot in like 83 or 84 and it didn't come out till '86, and, and I'm so I'm I'm wondering if there was some tinkering behind the scenes. I don't know. It's it's yeah. very mysterious. That could be. And then it seemed like White Sister probably had some like agreement with the studio where where they were going to be used in like certain yeah. films because um, it reminds yeah. me a little bit of um sorority. Uh, what am I thinking of? Um, uh, uh, Slumber Party Massacre. Uh, two. Oh yeah, with like yes, the great yes. band scenes in there, and yeah. Um, oh, I love that movie. And I know some of those were kind of like contractually obligated to be in there, and I kind of get that vibe <laughs> from this as well. And I'm I'm, I'm totally okay with yeah. it because it's like the best part of the film here. But it's like maybe um, they thought it, they were gonna have like a like some kind of a MTV spinoff thing where that could be they would play the opening scene like on MTV because I know the movie uh, Double did something like that with the song relax right and they had like and they they did this whole this whole thing and then i think they couldn't show it because it was too risque i think mm, mm-hmm. so i wonder if it was something like that because that was around the same time that was 84 so yeah it was probably shot around the same time yeah it, this film is just such a curio um so many yeah. questions about like why did this end up the way it is why is this exactly. like this but um that's why it's so, so interesting though and that's why yeah. i think i enjoy revisiting so much because yeah um, it's got personality. It does. Okay, moving on to Revelations. Revelation. <laughs> I did not have much in this part that we haven't already talked about because I think so yeah. many things in this film are a revelation of sorts. <laughs> like, it, it surprises is, you. A, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Jennifer's transformation is just 
absurd, amazing, but absurd. Uh, that fucking tongue that is just hanging out like the entire time uh, she's like climbing on the walls. Uh, oh, it's so gross. Yeah. Uh, the ending. Okay. Oh my God. The ending is so strange and abrupt. Like I appreciate a good <laughs> horror movie cliffhanger, but this one just doesn't feel earned and there's no resolution no. before it. It is just like, let's climb into this ambulance. The end. Yeah. I, I think I had actually caught this before I watched the full film. Mm-hmm. And I caught it right in the last, like, five minutes, I think. Yeah. So going into the full film, I thought it was going to be, like, a straight horror film. Because the last five minutes are actually, like, super dark. Yes. And it's just, it really does come out of nowhere. And it's, like, a really depressing ending it really (laughs) is but it's also really creepy so i still like it but i'm like this doesn't really fit but uh, whatever i don't know (laughs) right so weird like also i was thinking is this demon spirit uh like bound to this house like if they get far enough away from it like will phoebe not be possessed anymore i just i have so many questions about that yeah, the, it's the logistics of the possession. I don't, yeah. I don't know how that works. I think that is sort of the main issue with this film, just the fact that uh, there was not enough time given to how this possession, the logistics and the mechanics of it, that by yeah. the time we finally get to it, it's like, but but, but how and why? You know, it's... Yeah. Hmm. It's a little confusing. It is, it is. Otherwise, yeah, I didn't have too many other revelations um, other than that, again, that strange probe B death that I'm like, I, I just, I don't understand how that really worked yeah, but okay i don't know how that works i don't i don't really have any notes either um yeah. except that i did notice as a call back initiation when they have the um the eggs in their mouth and spit them out in glasses the glasses look exactly like the ones that vera miles keeps drinking from <gasps> i didn't notice that humongous. Oh. i was like oh. that's vera's glass man so, was yeah, there a sale at Kmart and they just kind of must have been spread it's... them out among slashers? That's great. Yeah, I, mean, I guess it was around the same time, right? So I yeah. guess it was a, those were really big then. And also, why would anyone want to pledge a fraternity or sorority? It just seems like a lot of work for nothing. It does it's just gross and dirty, and you have to put like eyes in your mouth and eggs in your mouth. Like it just doesn't seem like fun. I right? Just, it's not. I, like I don't get it. I understand the need for community and, yeah. you know, brotherhood and sisterhood. But, yeah, I I, I was always I, – I had questions about that in college as well because a lot of my friends yeah. were in sororities and fraternities. And I was just kind of like, okay, but, like, like when I graduate, I don't feel like I'm going to look back and be like, oh, I wish I had spent more time doing these, this, like, mandated fraternity sorority thing. I'm going to be like, why exactly. didn't I spend more time, like, learning about this specific subject that I wanted to learn about? Right. Um, some people love it. They get so much out of it. So, you know, good for you. Yeah, but, more um, power to you. Yeah. If you like eggs in your mouth and stuff, then <laughs> yeah. you do you. You do you, boo. Yeah, exactly. It's like that, uh, that uh, uh, Diet Coke commercial. It's like, if you have, have a Coke, have a Coke. And it's like... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, if you want egg in your mouth, have an egg. Your <laughs> have mouth. an egg. Like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> like, Hi. Because oh, you're a goddamn is. American and you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Free choice. <laughs> Free choice. Your choice. Oh... Uh, Okay, and then we get to our final evaluation. So, yes. what's yours? All things considered, I really adore this movie. Same. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's, it's got something for everyone. 
and uh, and it's just it's so eager to please, and it, it just wants everyone to have a good time. And I don't really care if it doesn't make a lot of sense because its heart is in the right place. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so yeah, I highly recommend this, and I I, I would love to see it cl- cleaned up on on a nice Blu-ray with un uncut scenes, um, and people to explain exactly what happened on the set and right. In the pr- process of creating this, because I think there's got to be a story there. There has to. Yeah, be. Um, but yeah, I I really like it as well. I think three fourths of the film is really pretty stellar, and I have mm-hmm. so much fun with it. Uh, the last one fourth is really eh. But that said, when it comes to horror movies, I am always more of a journey versus destination guy. You know, Amen. if you sell me on the journey, even if the final climax is awful, I'm probably still gonna have fun with it. So yeah, I'm kind I don't of know. the same. Yeah. Like there are exceptions, but I think. Generally yeah. speaking, this one had me locked in up until the very end, so that's that's great. Um, these are tough, you know. They are very very tough. It's, I think it's the toughest part to come up with a really ending. It's sure, so tough. And I I do think technically this film does have a great ending. It just seems like it belonged to a different movie. <laughs> I don't know. Like <laughs> very true, it very true. Sort of just comes out of nowhere. But. Yes, it does. And I think the pacing is pretty zippy overall. There, yeah. there are a couple of moments maybe that, that lag slightly, but I think overall it just flies by and um, it's a good Definitely. party movie. I mean, to, oh, it's yeah. the title, right? Killer Party. Exactly. But you just put it on and have fun with it and it would be a great mm-hmm. Halloween party one to just throw on. Um, totally. And the characters are very charming, like we said. Uh, there's great chemistry across the board. The kills are too quick. And it is strange mm. how many major deaths happen off screen altogether, like Blake and Marty, yeah, who are ostensibly nice. major characters, and yet we don't really see them get weird. killed. So that feels yeah. pretty lazy, but regardless, uh, I really enjoy this film as well. And I love the surprise unconventional final girl, which is really interesting because mm. um, it's uh, the first time I watched this, I was like, oh, it's going to be Jennifer. It's going to be Jennifer. And like, oh, yeah. it's Vivia, this perfect nerdy Vivia. queen. What? I love it. Oh, I love her so much. Hmm. Yeah. She's so, an yeah. angel. Mm-hmm. So I think we both give this film a thumbs up of sorts. You know, we have Absolutely. questions. Absolutely. Um, there are questions, but I can yeah. say there are questions about most of my fav- favorite films. So, this is true. You know, that is not a bad thing for me. No, not at all. I think sometimes that is what makes these films rewatchable and yeah. the, the interesting little curio bits that um, are strange and they get your attention and you're like, what just happened? And then you have to go back and watch it again and be like oh okay exactly. i still don't get it but i'm so intrigued by this i like to know that if if i rewatch something i'm gonna find little tiny things i didn't see the first time like the e- earrings i had i still had no idea yep 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 so now yes. the next time i watch this i'm gonna be like there's the earrings there's those paper clips mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. someone was putting in the work there yes someone made that choice and yes. it's a strong choice yes 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 I love it. So, listeners, go check out Killer Party if you haven't, which mm-hmm. some of you may have not because it is not yeah. quite as well known as even the initiation. So, I think it's a good little curio if you it's haven't not. seen it. Um, it's. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if it's streaming anywhere. I don't. That's a good I, question. I think you can purchase it on Amazon, maybe. Yeah, we'll we'll find that out and post on our social media where to, where you can yes. find this film. Um, great, 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 great. Uh, so we have two more films left for this series, and I'm excited oh, to yes, see I what those too. are. Uh, I think Absolutely. we'll leave them a mystery for now, but we know what they are, and they're pretty great. Ha ha ha. 
You'll never know. You will never know. Well, in like a couple of days, you'll find out. But yeah, it's, it's, not a, it's not a very well-kept secret. But right. You know, it'll happen. Um, so to close out this episode, let's go into our favorite segment, Overlook Gems. Woo! Ah. Now, listeners, as you may know by now, by now, Chris and I are all about the underdogs and oddballs. So, at the end of our episodes, we're each going to recommend a horror film that we feel is generally underappreciated or overlooked. It may be a film from a big studio with a big budget, or it may be a tiny indie effort. Whatever floats our boat that particular week. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, uh, I think you started last time, so I'll start this time. Yes. Mine is a little film from 2004 called Writing the Bullet. Oh, um, okay. You know, I've never seen that all the it, way through. It is... I've always really liked this movie. I don't know if it fully deserves that love, but I think it does. <laughs> I think it is one of those movies that is very much a sum of its individual elements. Um, I definitely consider it an underappreciated Stephen King film adaptation. It is based on his horror novella by the same name from 2000, which, fun fact, uh, Writing the Bullet was the first mass market ebook to go online, which is insane. Oh, I didn't know that. It's crazy. And that was on- only 20 years ago. Um, which is Shit. kind of nothing. Like, how far we've come is crazy. That's uh, nuts. Yeah, and it's it's a really fast read, too. I reread it last week, just out of boredom. Um, if, if you get the audiobook, especially, it's like an hour long. And um, so it's interesting. I would say the story is sort of Stephen King's take on A Christmas Carol, except it's set during October Halloween season. Um, oh. It's about this college student who finds out his mother has been hosp- hospitalized um hospitalized yeah that's the word (laughs) Uh, i think that's a word right (laughs) yeah we'll we'll go with that but he doesn't have access to a car so he has to hitchhike with strangers and it's possible that some of these strangers may be ghosts who are trying to teach him some lessons spooky oh i like that yeah so the film isn't really scary but it is a pretty affecting supernatural drama thriller and it plays out like a spooky midnight tv movie with plenty of mood and atmosphere plus like our favorite film, Sleepwalkers, also directed by Mick Garris, there are some truly what-the-fuck moments in this movie that just pull you out completely, but in a good way, at least for me. Yeah. Um, and I love movies that feature road trips and dysfunctional families, and this one has both. Um, bonus points for taking place on Halloween night in 1969, plus appearances by Barbara Hershey, who is a queen, and uh, David Arquette in a completely unhinged performance. Um, so yeah, I guess for me, there are just enough intriguing elements in this film for me to recommend it. Also, the lead actor, Jonathan Jackson, is smoking hot in a twinky, tortured artist kind of way. So, oh, I remember him. Yeah. yeah. He, he kind of, like, doesn't do that much now, right? No, not that I know of. Uh, and he was in, like, uh, Tuck Everlasting, I want to say. And yeah, yeah. He had an arc on Boy Meets World that was kind of odd. But, uh, yeah, around, like, the early 2000s was, like, his peak, um time so yeah uh check it out it's a curio and you might hate it but i think there's going to be enough elements that most people will enjoy especially if you have similar interests to me um go back and listen to our intro episode and be like oh i kind of like where he's coming from if not then <laughs> maybe you won't enjoy this but otherwise <laughs> great uh okay what is yours chris oh uh mine uh it sort of ties into killer party i don't cool. know it just, it just kind of popped in into my head and that is slaughter high 
which right. is another sort of April Fool's Day based horror film. Uh-huh. And uh, this one is more pure slasher, though. Um, although there are a few detours into crazy town um, and it's kind of got like a similar tone to killer party in some ways. It's, it's pretty cheesy and, it, and, and really, really fun. And it has a uh, scream queen, Caroline Monroe, nice. who, um, who decides to wear a all white pantsuit. Uh, and uh, for some reason, I don't think she gets a drop of blood on it for the entire film. Good for and her. And she is a interesting final girl. Um, and everyone's way too old to be playing high schoolers in the prologue, <laughs> uh, but the effects are actually really great, nice. and and it's a weird mix of really mean spirited stuff and really goofy stuff. So it's got kind of a weird tone, um, and it, it was just released on Blu-ray a few years ago in the uh, Vestron collection thingy. Um, that I guess has kind of stopped now. I don't know. Hmm. Um, but I think it's still available, and it is worth a watch. It is a, it is a, a hoot and a half. Yeah. I, I don't think I've seen that one all the way through. I, I, I feel like I've just seen, like, random scenes that people have posted online. So I'm going to check yeah. that one out. Cool. It's really something else. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Yeah, great. Well, uh, thank you for listening, everyone. You can find us on Facebook yes. and Twitter at H-O-H-H Podcast and on Instagram at Homos on Haunted Hill. Also, fair warning, we both despise Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, sorry about that. But yeah. It's, it's where all the bad people are. It's, there's just oh, so much shouting into the abyss, and <laughs> I can't... really mean. <laughs> and most of the really cool horror fans are on Instagram, so you can follow us on That's Instagram. Right. <laughs> where Instagram we have, is where it's at. Right. We have, like, a shockingly sizable audience on Instagram now, and, like, yes. no audience elsewhere. So feel free to follow thank us wherever you, you want. But thank, thank you, you so, so much. much everyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And um, if you want to email us directly, you can email us at homosonhauntedhill at gmail.com. So there are plenty of ways you can reach out to us and yell at us or give us some feedback, you know. Um, Yeah, we would uh, love to hear whatever you have to say. We would. Yeah, thanks so much for the people that have messaged so far, just giving us encouragement and everything. It's it's really nice. That's really, really kind of all of you. Thank you so much. Right, right. And, you know, before we wrap up, Chris, I know you have a project coming up soon. Do you want to briefly talk about it? Oh, I do. Yeah. I, I have a, um, a talking picture that <gasps> is, uh, that is uh, being played in a, a film festival that had to go online because, you know, of Corona. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it's the Oxford Film Festival, and they are showing it from May 15th to June 15th. Um, so you have an entire month to rent it and check check it out. It's called A Stranger Among the Living. I love that and title. And it I is a, it. Uh, a very creepy sort of carna- carnival of souls meets Messiah of Evil. Ooh. Um, atmospheric, let's scare Jessica to death kind <gasps> of a movie. And it is about a teacher who has a premonition about a school shooting and he decides to not to go into work and it turns out to be true and after that these sort of ghostly zombie like people start to stalk him and it just gets really creepy and fun and and uh i hope everyone checks it out i think it's on uh eventive eventive.com or something it's like a streaming site cool um and it's like 10 bucks to watch and uh and all of the cash goes to me and the festival, so it's for a good cause. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, you had me at yeah. Messiah of Evil and uh, Let's oh, Scare yeah. Jessica oh, to Death. Perfect so movies. Underrated. They're Man. so creepy. I love them. Hmm. 
yeah, check that out, folks. Um, yes, please do. Yeah. Okay. Well, that about wraps up Killer Party. It was um, a killer party. And it was indeed a killer I party. Liked I liked it. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. And uh, like I said, Feel free to follow us on our social media platforms if you want some updates on what we're going to be covering. Chris has been creating some fantastic promotional material for us. Um, oh, golly, gosh so. darn. <laughs> oh, you? Yeah. Um, but yeah, otherwise, thank you, and we'll see you next week. See you guys. Bye.